I have always loved action-adventure films. And when I was exposed to the silent era of films, which is the pioneering era of early filmmaking, I was excited about the first women action stars. The female stars were extremely versatile in combining their feminism, mostly appearing in action serial films. These stories, covering everything from spy thrillers to westerns, war films, mysteries, crime dramas and adventure films, movie lovers of today may marvel at the sight of so many female action stars appearing in the films of today. However, what you may not realize, as early as 1906, the most thrilling stunts that men only were routinely known for were done by women. I am Mark Wanamaker, and this is the History of Hollywood. I picked four of the most famous female action stars of their day. Florence Lawrence, Helen Gibson, Helen Holmes, and Ruth Rowland. All making action films, get this, from 1906 to 1926, without special effects. 20 years of exciting and thrilling films that were popular around the world at the time, but are forgotten today. So let's start with Florence Lawrence. Born in 1886 in Canada, and became the first movie star with the name recognition that the early Biograph Film Company gave her. She was known as the Biograph Girl. She appeared in almost 300 films. She started on the stage, but her first film appearance was in 1906, get that, 1906, with already an action film called The Automobile Thieves. And following that up with Daniel Boone playing Boone's daughter. With the coming of 1908, Florence was signed by the Vitagraph Company of Brooklyn, New York, and appeared in The Dispatch Bear, where she showed off her equestrian stunt skills, because she was a great horsewoman, and worked on 11 films in five months. The Biograph Company of New York then signed her, and she appeared in almost 60 short action films in 1908. Carl Lemley of the Independent Motion Picture Company, later Universal Pictures, hired Florence in 1909 and made 50 films for the Imp Company. By 1912, Lawrence made a deal with Lemley to form her own company called the Victor Film Company and established her own studio in Fort Lee, New Jersey, one of the first owned by a woman and filmed by a woman. There she made a number of films using her stunt talents to thrill audiences. She continued to make short films until 1937 when she retired. But some of her most important films she made on the bluffs of New Jersey and Fort Lee. There were famous films in which she was hanging off bluffs that rose 150 feet high. This was, to early audiences, absolutely thrilling. That's why she was known as the Biograph Girl, and she was really known as the first female star in motion pictures, other than being a stunt star, and of course, a star of serials, which were the most important, I can say most popular films of the day. Now, when it comes to Helen Holmes, she was born in Chicago, Illinois in 1892. She began as a photographer's model, but turned to acting and performing in live theater and making her Broadway debut in 1909. She became friends with comedian Mabel Normand, who was a stage actress comedian at the time, and who later became the famous film comedian with the Max Sennett Keystone Company in Los Angeles. 
In 1912, she joined her friend, because Mabel asked her, you should get into films and join me there, and she did. She came there and learned the art of acting before the camera at the Keystone Film Company, which, by the way, those comedies were very physical comedies. Everyone had to really be an athlete to be in these early slapstick comedies of the early film industry. In late 1913, she was signed by the Calum Film Company and met her future husband, director J.P. McGowan, there. Now, they worked together on action films for two years with Calum, and, and then she appeared in more than 30 films during her athletic ability to do these physically demanding stunts. These stunts, which were learned at the Keystone Company, could be quite dangerous. The Keystone Company would do stunts with automobiles, horses, hanging off of buildings, or the bluffs of Santa Monica, for example. So she really got an education in stunt acting. In March of 1914, at a time when the women's suffrage movement was in the news, and she eventually was starring in her own adventure series called The Hazards of Helen. Now, cast as the series star during the 26 thrill-a-minute, as they called them, episodes, she did all of her own stunts. She played an independent, quick-thinking, and inventive heroine as part of her dangerous exploits, like leaping onto runaway trains or treacherously chasing after villainous train robbers. The film series turned into railroad genre pictures. These were railroad action pictures using every kind of railroad stunt you could think of. And the Calum Company then eventually named this new kind of genre of films the Signal Film Company with a studio in North Los Angeles. Now, The Hazards of Helen made Holmes a major star and left the Calum Company opening the way for Helen Gibson, who was her stunt double, to take over this role. So Helen and her husband, J.P. McGowan, took their production company to Universal and then later Thomas Ince Studios in 1915, and they made around a dozen films together there. Between 1920 and 1926, Helen made more short adventure films until she became a Hollywood character actor into the 1940s. She actually appears in some B-Westerns, but she's not doing her stunts any longer, of course. Now, Helen Gibson, who was her stunt double, she was born in 1892 in Cleveland, Ohio, one of five girls to Swiss-German parents. Her father wanted a son and encouraged her to be a tomboy. She loved horses and began to ride at a young age. Helen saw her first Wild West show in Cleveland in the summer of 1909 and answered a Miller Brothers 101 Ranch advertisement for girl riders in Billboard magazine. Now, the Wranglers taught her to do trick riding, and she performed for the first time in 1910. Helen was quoted as saying, Now, I already practiced picking up a handkerchief from a full gallop. Now, she stayed with the Miller Brothers for over a year doing this stunt. And in 1911, when the show closed, she was stranded in Venice, California, looking for work. At this time, pioneer producer Thomas Ince had just opened the studio on the coast road of Santa Monica on a studio ranch named Inceville. As I mentioned in other times, we're going to talk a lot about Thomas Ince and Inceville because he hired all of these Western actors. And at the time, he hired most of the Miller Brothers performers to appear in his motion pictures. In 1913, Gibson met cowboy actor Hoot Gibson, who was working at Universal at the time, and they married and continued to perform in rodeos and occasional films. 
1915, Helen was doing stunt doubling for action star Helen Holmes in railroad action pictures. One of Helen's most dangerous stunts was a leap from the roof of a station onto the top of a moving train in a girl's grit serial. The distance between the roof and the train top was accurately measured and she practiced the jump with the train standing still. The train had to be moving on camera for about a quarter mile and its accelerating velocity was timed to the second. She leapt without hesitation and landed correctly, but the train's motion made her roll toward the end of the car and she caught a hold of an air duct vent and hung on, dangling over the edge, which by accident increased the effect on the screen and she became a super stunt star. The Kalem Film Company action serial series was considered the longest in film history, consisting of 119 episodes of The Hazards of Helen. They are standalone stories instead of chapters. And she became this queen of the serials for many years. And to this day, certain film historians and others still remember Helen Holmes as being one of the great stunt stars in film history. Now, when Helen Holmes left the series to form her own company, Helen Gibson continued the series performing many stunts and thrilling audiences way into the 20s. Now, Gibson performed in The Hazards of Helen for 69 episodes until the series ended in 1917. Now, Helen then signed with Universal to continue this, and she continued this into the 20s, as I mentioned. But by 1920, Helen created Helen Gibson Productions to produce her own starring films. Many of these stars who became very popular and they made a lot of money created their own film companies, very much like today, in a way. Many of Helen's films were now mostly westerns since she could show off her horse riding skills. She would do uh, horse riding, for example, she would do uh, airplane transfer from a horse, she would do railroad transfer from transferring from horse to a railroad, and she would also do transfer from horse to an automobile. By the time 1924 came around, she left films, and get this, she was signed by the Ringling Brothers and Barman Bailey Circus to do her trick ridings, just like she did earlier with the Miller Brothers' 101 Wild West show. By 1927, she returned to Hollywood and became a professional stunt double for many female stars until her retirement in 1954. The fourth one was Ruth Rowland. Ruth Rowland I kept for last. She was born in San Francisco in 1892 with parents in the theater business. As a child, she became an actress and went to work in vaudeville. At age 12, she was the youngest student at Hollywood High School. By 1911, she was discovered by director Sidney Alcott, who saw her on the stage in New York and put her into her first film, A Chance Shot, for Calum Studios. By 1912, she became the Calum Girl. Remember the Biograph Girl, Calum Girl, etc. This is, of course, branding them as young stars and worked for that company making many films. Now, in 1914, she was signed by the Balboa Film Company of Long Beach, California, and achieved an incredible rise to stardom by doing a 14-episode adventure film serial titled The Red Circle. Eventually, she formed her own production company and showed off her horse riding. She was a great horse rider. She was a famous race car driver. She actually learned how to pilot an airplane and piloted her own plane in her films. 
she actually, in some of those films, she would walk the wing of the plane while it was flying hundreds of feet above the ground. She was a daredevil, I would say, one of the greatest daredevil stunt actors in Hollywood history. Between 1909 and 1927, she appeared in more than 200 films. Now, Ruth Rowland worked in the film business until 1930, when she made her first talkie. So then she started to do talkies. Her voice sounded fine. This is Station S-P-A-R, the voice of Hollywood, broadcasting a program which originates in the main studios in Hollywood, California. You will now hear from the guest announcer. Your guest announcer is Ruth Rowland. We thought you weren't coming at all. Not coming? Why, George, did you realize that I flew all the way from location in Reno to get here to keep my word? You mean to tell me that you flew from Reno, Nevada to Hollywood just to get here? Absolutely. Anytime I promise my public I'll be in place, I'll be there. My word is my bond. By 1936, she was asked to star on the stage. She went back to New York and was in stage productions. But then finally, by the 1930s into the 40s, she came back to Hollywood and she started to raise money from all kinds of charities relating to Hollywood. She had house parties. She became this social diva of Hollywood for many, many years. She appears in every picture you can imagine when they have get-togethers and uh, all kinds of uh, Hollywood reunions of the old silence stars. So she would be like a queen of Hollywood. There was Mary Pickford who was a queen of Hollywood and Ruth Rowland was a queen of Hollywood. I am Mark Wanamaker and this is the History of Hollywood.